Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back after the NFL draft. And I'm a little frazzled. That's my word. That's been my word for like the last two weeks. I come down here. I'm all ready. Get my spreadsheet up. Leave plenty of time. And my microphone's not working. So I had to go back to the old microphone. And I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it, guys. But we're going to turn that around. I am joined by none other than Dan LaMagna at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Man, great to be here tonight. It's been quite the stretch. You know, we had some Scott Fishbowl invites coming out. Then we had the wild NFL draft, 15 Georgia Bulldogs drafted, setting records. So I was really proud of my dogs. And then I had this big uh, charity event. As we all know, we have different charities that we're tied to. It was our pancreatic cancer, Purple Stride event. They had 59 of them nationwide. We raised 100 grand, had about 500 people. It was just a beautiful event. And then Shifted to coaching flag football, 2-0 and boys. Coach Dan's at flag football teams, 2-0. and And then now it's rookie draft season, which brings us to tonight. So let's get it on, man. I'm, I'm coming off a strong pre-draft, JB. Yeah, yeah. Mitch has <laughs> been busting my chops here. A little bit. And I, you know I always say, the last piece of the puzzle is the NFL draft. It's draft capital. And looking at my rankings and my tiers, landing spot was not a main factor and I, I can happily say that but draft capital itself we're going to recap our mock from pre-nfl draft i just want to throw it away but we hold ourselves accountable i want to bring it up but before we get there mitch what's going on buddy i know you've been waiting for tonight's episode it's gonna be a great night you know going through all these we i'm probably in 10 to 15 rookie drafts already i think you guys are in about the same and the amount of take lock we see happening of people who just refuse to change their mind when the NFL is like, no, we don't like these players. And everyone's like, no, no, we're going to like them anyways. Hopefully we could show through our process that we don't have take lock tonight on players and, and show that we're willing to change. And, and you made a good point and you kind of bust me about this when we were talking about Antonio Gibson, but that's not really the, the topic here. But I always say, and then Mitch throws it in my face whenever it works in his favor. But we have to see how the NFL feels about these players, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw that particularly with the quarterbacks and my running back to pre-draft, Isaiah Spiller. But in the other way, like, tr- I, I try not to, like, for example, for, for Antonio Gibson, mm-hmm. the Washington uh, Commanders, I, I like, in my head, I went through three team names there. The commanders, they take Brian Robinson in the third. And it's like that that's great for Brian Robinson. He he secured his his value in my tiers. But were any other teams, how did the rest of the NFL view him? Or was it one team? You know, we look at the Rams with two two Atwell, with the Kadarius Tony, wow. even though Urban Meyer even even though Urban Meyer wanted him. But on the other hand, when you have 32 teams pass on a player second round still okay they pass again all right well listen we can still get third round draft capital for running backs wide receivers not the end of the world still in day two they pass again and then for the quarterbacks which are causing all of the mayhem i saw salazar in our chat total mayhem that is the perfect way to describe 
these early rookie mocks or rookie drafts, not even mm-hmm. mocks. So really quickly, I want to run through. And if you remember from three weeks ago now, because last week we took off, we had our Patreon draft watch party. I was going, oh my God, you missed a show, guys. You missed a show. I was on with some of the guys until 2.30 Eastern on that Thursday. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was in the doghouse the next day. It was anyway, <laughs> anyway, so in our mock draft, pre-NFL, NFL draft, we had 101 Brees Hall. I took Malik Willis at 102. <clears throat> Kenneth Walker for Mitch at 103. Then Wilson, Burks, Mitch, you took Spiller, <clears throat> London. Pickett, Ritter, <laughs> Jameson, Alave, McBride, still okay. Yep. Rashad White, Pickens, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson. And then I hammered home the quarterbacks. Boys, how do you look let at these- the value? Oh my God, you guys are idiots. Idiots. I took Matt Corral at 205. Holy cow. Zamir White, James Cook. Sam Howe, David Bell, John Mechie. But I did say, you guys let me have the steal of the draft in Sky Moore at 211. That makes up for every single horrendous pick I had. <laughs> and then, Mitch, you brought us home with Wandale Robinson. So that was our top 24 pre-NFL draft. And like we always say, there's, there's a grain of salt, a, a mound of salt, not even a grain, when you look at it pre-NFL draft and some of the talking points, like for me, I talked about taking Pickett earlier than certain guys because I thought he was the safest to get first round draft capital after Willis. Little did I know he was the safest out of all of them. Uh, But our biggest changes from our pre-draft mock, and then I laid it out to our Discord earlier today, guys, and they voted. And as we go through our mock tonight, and obviously tonight, like it's not going to be, like we provided our, I would say, more in-depth analysis in our individual position episodes, in our pre-NFL draft mock. So tonight, going through it, maybe just talk about some of the changes and why when we go through it, but then we'll compare it to our Discord mock and all the folks in there that were voting and kind of compare how they match up against us. And then our listeners can let us know, hey, Dynasty Theory guys, your Discord kicked your butts. What's, What's going on here? So without further ado, let's get right into it now. Post NFL draft mock Dan 101. We're sticking with the same order because Mitch wants to know what I do at 102. <laughs> yeah, it was a little tougher with uh only one lone quarterback kind of in the mix here. And it's like, do you get him or not? But you know, I've been watching how the mock drafts are going, you know, tempering expectations. Still love, and I'm also a little salty, you know. I was, only one in the world that probably didn't want to listen to the Jets were going to, you know, get either Brees Hall or uh, Kenneth Walker. And man, what happens? Brees Hall to the Jets. My my Michael Carter dreams got shattered. So, ah, you know, I'm accepting that Carter. I'm still holding to a 1B, but Brees Hall is my number one, guys. Uh, I'm still standing by, I mean, just the overall talent, where they drafted him. I think he's got all the tools to be a stud back and the best running back in this draft. So, Walker's landing point makes it interesting where, where he went, but uh, Brees Hall is my number one. And I think most people, he's the one-on-one. I've seen some threads on Twitter that are quite interesting. Uh, I have really no other words, but in our discord, Brees Hall was unanimous. It was, you know, I, I forget how many votes we got in the, on these polls individually, but Brees Hall still one-on-one for 
everybody here. I think that's where the agreement start stops at 102. And I, these are these are picks that we have actually made. I have done this. 14 team super flex league where I have one quarterback. And obviously, if I have one quarterback, I'm still a little bit of ways. Uh, I went Drake London at 102. Out of my guys, out of the receivers going into the NFL draft, I had London, Burks, Wilson in that tier behind Brees Hall and Malik Willis. Well, clearly Malik Willis is going to drop significantly. So looking at that tier of London, Burks, and Willis, I think Lundis, Lundis. We're, we're eight minutes in. I'm already just, <laughs> London is in a nice spot there. See what they do at quarterback beyond 2022, because I don't think they have their quarterback of the future on that roster, despite what people want to think. So Drake London with that top 10 draft capital, I'm taking him at 102. And I know a lot of people, they prefer Mitch's guy at 102, especially in our discord. This is the bad thing, right? Like, I completely understand taking Drake London there. So, of course, I'm going to have to take Kenneth Walker. Even 14, 16 teams, super flex. I don't care what quarterbacks I have on my roster. I mean, that's who I'm going to take either at 102 or 103. It's just what I'm going to do. Um, even though he's going to Seattle and Drew Locke's their starting quarterback right now, we know what they're going to want to do. They did it with Russell Wilson. They're going to do it with any quarterback they have there. And he's going to get a lot of work. And I think enough work to maintain value, because I think that's, what's really important going into the 2023 is we want the guys that could just hold value when that next rookie class hits. So for me, Kenneth Walker's right there. And I'm really sad because there's another play that I really want. And I know there's no chance he makes it back to me. And he's my favorite right now. I even like him more than Kenneth Walker. Now, I will say, Kenneth Walker, he's not my 102, but, and, and I know that the, everyone in the Discord, they like to jag around and, and give me a hard time saying, JB hates Kenneth Walker. I, I still have him at 105 tier. Like, it, and I listen, I'm not going to get him there. I, I'm not, in 99% of rookie drafts, you're not going to get him there. But I'm not sitting here saying, like, some hot take, he's my running back 38 in this class. Want nothing to do with them. Like, I understand the market is still there. Um, I think he is going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a one-two punch there, at least this year with Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. But then they look to replace Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield or whoever ends up there playing in 2022. There's going to be a big shakeup at the quarter posi quarterback position next year. And I, I think that is going to help the Seattle Seahawks, especially with Kenneth Walker who I don't think is going to catch a ton of passes, but we look to improve inside the 10, inside the five. For me, I think London, he he offers for me, I think a little bit more value insulation over Kenneth Walker. And I, I just, I don't think Kenneth Walker, when we're sitting here in a year or two, I think we're going to be having very different conversations. I mean, Sure, we could also talk. Go on a long five-minute diatribe about how Drake London's quarterback is Marcus Mariota, and maybe Desmond Ritter, right? Maybe Desmond Ritter, but yeah, he's for surely going to hold value. And Kenneth Walker, you know, it could be a little bit different. Mitch, Mitch you, is stealing you, a little we, bit of my thunder. JJB, you've you've spoken for ten minutes. Take take a take a timeout. You know, you know how we, like I used to be a counselor. We used to put the kids in the corner and give them a little timeout based on how old they are. We won't do that to you, JB, because we'd be here for a while, but. 
I just want to say Mitch stole some thunder there because I, I was thinking about that after the draft. And, and you know, I, I like your Drake London take there, JB. You know, I, I think you're having conviction. He's your receiver that you're saying, hey, I like him the best out of this class, landing spot, talent, so forth. You know, maybe you want to build your roster around that receiver versus the running back. From the gates, you weren't big on Kenneth Walker. Neither was I. I got to give Mitch a lot of credit there from our very first, like, early rookie talks. Uh, Mitch, like, you should just claim him as your guy now. Like, I, don't I don't, I don't really say you should. like anyone else more. Just just run with it, man, because you, you you were on him from the from the gates, and the NFL uh, scouts are saying, hey, Mitch, Mitch Sorensen was right on this one. You know, but, it happens a lot. Eh, okay, now we might have to slow him down, JB. But <laughs> – I do say, like, I do worry a little bit about Atlanta. You know, they, they, they're they going to have a bad season again. There's a, so many questions there. Mariota's your quarterback. Is the alternative Desmond Ritter, who, who was, you know, slid quite a lot. So there's some risk there with, with, with Drake London. And after Kenneth Walker, the running backs, you know, you might make a case for another one. But that there's a dip coming, you know. So you got some good value in Kenneth Walker where there's a lot of receivers left on the board. JB, your timeout's over. I was going to say, just I'm on my phone. Let me know when I'm allowed to speak, guys. Let me I should, know I should have one of those timers. Time. But listen, everybody out there listening, do you see how aggressive it gets? Because I expressed a concern, and I didn't say Drake London will hold value. I said, I think he does. That Okay? So, oh, my God. We didn't say anything. You would think that I, I went and stabbed Mitch's grandmother. In in broad daylight, just done. Well, because because you, I say I would take Kenneth Walker three spots later. I'm sorry. I, that's completely fine. I understand that that's how you feel about him. It's your loss in rookie drafts. That's okay. We'll let all of the league mates take advantage of that. But yep. I really think we spent 15 minutes on three picks, so maybe we can make it to 105 by the 30 minute mark. I don't know. Well, well no. It, you know, in the mocks defense, I had to get my monologue to, to start the show. And it was a long one tonight. It was a long one. I was all amped up after our, our Patreon draft party where we had like 25 people in the video audio chat both nights. That was fantastic. I'm still hyped up on that. So Dan, 104, take it away. So 104, I'll go quick here. Um, you know, to me, I think JB taking London with all those receivers on the board, let some value slide. Uh, again, Mitch was happy with Kenneth Walker at three. As I said, at 101, Brees Hall was definitely my guy definitively. I'm confident in that, but that allows me to get Kenny Pickett at 104. So this is where I'm going to change from our pre-draft. And to me, this is conviction in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, something that JB, even though he calls it his team and lives in Pittsburgh and, and should have been on the Kenny Pickett train when I asked him very early in the Dynasty Theory series, JB, isn't that your guy, man? University of Pitt, Kenny Pickett. And it just wasn't there. But then Mike Tomlin says, that's my guy. So I believe in Mike Tomlin and the only quarterback in this draft with some really good value. So at 104, I'm, I'm very happy to land Kenny Pickett. Let me say to add context, there's only one situation that I would be okay with Kenny Pickett at 104. And I've talked about this with several people via DM. If I have, if I'm in a 12 team super flex, let's stick to that because I know everybody doesn't play 14 or 16 teams. 12 team super flex. I also have the 105, 106, well, 106, 107, 108, because I think I would hammer the receivers through 108 there. Then I'm okay taking Pickett. If I don't think he's going to slip to my next pick, but if I'm sitting here, I, I just, 
I understand Kenny Pickett's the only quarterback here with first round draft capital still slipping to 20. The last time a quarterback first, first quarterback went off the board that late. I don't know what year it was, but 50 years ago, Dan was in college and it's, I had to, I had to <laughs> come fair, on, fair. Put a smile but, on face. but this is the Pittsburgh Steelers JB. And we know I, where, how big quarterback is in super flex. And we know how many of those quarterbacks have such fragile value and I believe the Steelers will build around him, build that team right, and you've got a quarterback for a long time. So I just think there's a lot of value, and there, there's a lot of receivers there you could get. It is tough to pass up because there's some really talented dudes here. So, uh, again, I'm not um, saying there's rash- not rationale. There's a lot of rationale in your argument. And if you're big on one of these receivers that one of you guys are probably going to take with one of these next one-two picks, I totally get it. I think by default, and we talk about default all the time, Mitch, that's that's your keyword. Mm-hmm. By default, Pickett is sitting in that quarterback 20 for dynasty purposes. Do we see a, a realistic opportunity and possibility that he's a top 15 dynasty quarterback next year? I don't personally. I don't think we get a rise. I think 15 fine. Because, I mean, between 15 and 20, who knows? Well, is he I don't even be think top he gets 12? there, though. There's no chance he's top 12. But I don't even think he gets top 15. When did we like okay? When you, Mitch and I first started co-managing four or five years ago, we it we were on the same page. Just yep, I trust Mitch. Pick whoever you want because our values align. Where did we go wrong? When I, did we grow apart? You dove into the spreadsheets and liked your R twos and Pythons and whatever that is, and like I still like running backs, and I think that's that's the issue. I, I just acquired I, I just acquired a running back for 104 yesterday and you yelled at me for it. I would never do such a thing. Yeah, I know. All right, 105. Uh this is me. Don't do it. Kevin Stout, look at his comment there. He makes a very good point. Mac hit almost top 15 after a year, and he had complete garbage weapons. Steelers are stacked. I, I don't think Kenny Pickett is a good quarterback. That's the issue. So yeah. I think by default, he's sitting there at take 20. Lock. <clears throat> take lock would be okay. Take lock would me be, be, I can't even talk right now. Take lock would be me saying, and you guys love this. You love getting under my freaking skin would be me saying, I, I want nothing to do with picket because I'm going to sit here and pout in the corner because my quarterback one Malik Willis slipped to the 50th round of the NFL draft. Kenny That'd Pickett, be extreme again, take I lock, a, but I just think you have something against Kenny Pickett. I, again, I have him and your boy Kenneth Walker in that 105 to 108 range. Doesn't mean I hate them. Uh, I'm taking Traylon Burks. Again, uh, I, I, I hate you for that. I have, I have Wilson Burks in London in that same tier still like I talked about. For Traylon Burks, we have a prime opportunity year one to get peppered with targets. And I know... He's not A.J. Brown, not saying he is, but they they move off of A.J. Brown during the draft and immediately go and take Traylon Burks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think based on the lack of weapons there and a a better quarterback there than we're seeing, and I, I know I just took Drake London, but better quarterback in Tennessee than we have in Atlanta. And I was saying leading up to the draft, Guys, Ryan Tannehill is safe in the draft. They're not taking an early quarterback. I And if you listen to the previous episodes, you know why I'm bringing that up. But for me, Traylon Burks, 105. Thank you very much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep slamming home these wide receivers here. 
So yeah, I hate you for that because that's the guy that I want in my drafts now. But it's okay. You know, I think a lot of people here would take Garrett Wilson. And there is no chance I am touching him when Jamison Williams is still on the board. But before the rookie draft, uh, the NFL rookie draft, we were told, you know, maybe he's back by October. You know, he should be back by November. That'll be really good. Now it comes out after he's drafted, he plans on being ready by training camp. If he's even ready by halfway through training camp, and I mean, I'm not even basing it off that. I'm just saying that's even better for his value. But Jamison Williams, I love the landing spot. The Lions are going to have a new quarterback next year. Hopefully Stroud. That's the hope because Malik Willis definitely didn't turn out. Until they win 10 games this year. (laughs) If they do, as a Lions fan, (laughs) we'll take one 10-game season in the last 20 years. But I think Jameson Williams is honestly the best wide receiver in this draft, and he would have been if he was healthy. He would have been the first wide receiver off the board. So if he's healthy by training camp, if he's healthy by September, I think it's a smash at 106. Any concern with the turf? I know that's that's something that's been talked about now. No, unless we're going to include it for every other player who plays in the league. That's my whole issue with it is, yeah, we could bring it up. Sure, there's probably uh, medical evidence showing that turf causes more ACLs. But are we counting it against all the other wide receivers that play on turf, or are we just going to deal with Jameson Williams? Like, I, I really don't understand it. I think that's just something to talk about. I mean, having torn my ACL and everything in my one leg, they do in science, JB, you could throw the old man joke whenever you'd like here, man. Science is a lot lot better than it was back when I had surgery. But when he comes back, that leg, that knee is going to be stronger than it ever was before, you know, and and there's no reason to think Detroit's not going to be really smart and bringing him along carefully. So when, when he's flying around that turf, he's going to be ready. Um, and I think, you know, here in midseason, you know, you get him back. So you get a good chunk of the season for him playing, Mitch. Even though, JB, I do think he has his Detroit Lion goggles on a little bit. Is For Garrett Wilson, was it always Jamison Williams? Because I can't remember if you had him over Garrett Wilson pre-draft. Or does the Jets landing spot and just kind of that stigma. And while they have Elijah Moore and, you know, they have now they bring in Brees Hall. What's that offense going to look like? But just like we're talking about Jamison Williams in Detroit, if the Jets completely flop this year, we could be looking at one of those high-end quarterbacks next year. Mm-hmm. So a big reason is I was never like a Garrett Wilson guy. I was, I liked him at the top of drafts, but he wasn't a wide receiver I was ever going to go after. I don't think he does anything super special, right? I think he's going to be a good wide receiver in the league, but I don't trust Zach Wilson to feed Elijah Moore. I don't expect him to feed Garrett Wilson. And then all of a sudden, Brees Hall. I, that's a lot of trust to put in Zach Wilson. And I just, I'm not doing it yet when I could trust Jameson Williams. I could trust, we'll talk about more wide receivers later, that I know are at least in good spots to where I could trust their team not to put them in horrible positions. JB, this is where I'm challenging Mitch. Not on a Zach Wilson lack of belief, but why I am going to take Garrett Wilson at 1.07 here. I knew you would. The piece I challenged was Mitch saying Garrett Wilson doesn't do anything special. This kid does do things special. He was my number one receiver going into the draft. You know, he was in that conversation with London. Jameis Williamson, to your point, Mitch, again, if he's healthy, he probably is number one. So I, I like your gamble there before me. But I do believe in – I'm going to believe in Zach Wilson. I liked him last year. I think he's young. I think the Jets are still growing. 
I am a little concerned that they still have some holes. They still need some help on O-line. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't think, despite liking the skill positions of the Jets draft, I think they're still building this roster. So I, I think Zach Wilson does enough this year to show signs of promise with that talent around him. And I think they got two great wide receivers in Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. So, you know, hey, you guys cleaned up with London and Burks and Williams Williams there. I'm thrilled to get Garrett Wilson at, with, at value at 107, where in our pre-draft I took him at 104. So the Jets move does bump him to 107 for me, but I still think I'm getting a potential elite receiver. Mitch, how far down do we have to go there for you to take Garrett Wilson? I have him at 108, so not there. Yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> But see, I do. See, but there but I, is a clear break for me with Jamison, and I know the wide receiver you're going to take next. There's a clear break there for me between them and Garrett Wilson. See, I respect where you have that gentleman in your tears. Thank you. I respect you as a person. I you're going too far there. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> anyway, so to compare it really quickly, because I kind of let it uh, got away from this. Comparing it to the Discord mock that we did earlier today, which went Hall, Walker, London, Burks. Wilson went 105 there. Pickett 106. Jamison Williams 107. So there's a top seven there. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's a very clear top eight. If you want to move Garrett Wilson, if you don't like Traylon Burks, whatever the case may be. Kenny Pickett, you talk about him going a little bit later. But Chris Olave rounds out this group for me. That trade they made to move up, I gave up a lot. And we all on, on our stream, we were hooting and hollering. Here comes a quarterback there. It's got to be Malik Willis. And it was Chris Olave, but he is in that top five for me between London, Burks, Wilson, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. I'm not saying it's going to be in year one, but I, I would wager. All right. I would wager that four of them over the next three years will put up a top 24 season. I I would make that wager. I think one of them is, you know, one is going to flounder a second one very well may, but I'm still saying four of them and, and avoiding that landmine. Who is it? I like all five of them. So I'm saying one of them most likely is not going to hit it. And that's a bold statement to have the five top receivers saying four of them are going to be top 24 at some point over the next three years. But they, I talk about the, the rookie data that I'm going through and the minimum thresholds and where these guys have to hit these guys pulling up. Give me one second here. Do you guys have any thoughts on Chris Olave? I think he's a talented dude. No, no objections there. He's in that class of stud receivers. Yeah. I, Felt someone was going to trade up for him at some point in the draft. I just can't believe how much the Saints gave up to do it. But it's kind of what the Saints do at this point. They're all in. So, so my my pre-draft scoring and still post-draft scoring, but you know a little bit of landing spot and draft capital did change things around. But going back to 2017, out of all the first-round wide receivers to clear this minimum threshold score, we're looking at DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Nikhil Harry. Eh, Traylon Burks, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, to be determined, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley, Drake London, Jamison Williams, Jerry Judy, to be determined, Chris Olave, and C.D. Lamb. That's a pretty 
good damn list there. And then once you drop below, we start getting into the Corey Davis's, the Jalen Ragers, the John Ross's, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith to be determined. And then there's still guys like Mike Bloom's Ayuk and Waddle, Marquise Brown, that for various reasons that I've talked about over the last few years, why they would show a little bit lower in that in that model. And then Tony rounding out the list, he should have just stayed home and not even jumped on this list. But that that's where I am. I think all five of these guys have a very good chance to hit that top 24 threshold. And that rounds out my top eight. If you're in a league with me, you've seen the moves I've been trying to make. It's either 108 or I want out. And I've been trying to do this leading up to the draft. Sometimes haven't been able to do it. And I'm stuck making picks that eh, make me feel a little queasy. So, Mitch, 109, who do you got? People won't agree with this one. I'm going Christian Watson. It's it's not just landing spot with him. But, I mean, he did go at the top of the second round. And he goes to a quarterback to where there is nothing else to throw to. Just really quick, because it's on my mind, you just said it. They actually tried to trade up into the first to get him. Well, see, even with, better. And it was unsuccessful with Minnesota. After they picked him, the report came out. They tried to move up day one to get him. Yeah, it's. I think he's in the perfect situation. Um, I know everyone says he's really raw. At the end of the day, I wonder how much that really matters with college wide receivers coming in. Because we heard it something when, I think it was when Debo Samuel came to the league, but I could be wrong. And Shanahan was talking about, about a reporter asked him, why don't college players know how to run routes coming into the league? You know, they should have been playing the game for 10 years by now. And he kind of explained that college isn't about running routes as much as it is getting your best player in the biggest zone possible so they could get the most yards possible after they catch the ball. And he just kind of laid it out. It's super basic level, right? But that's how he explained it. So for me, I know Christian Watson is raw. There's no one else on the team that I'm even worried about. Are we worried about Randall Cobb? So for Christian Watson, for me, I know people aren't going to like him this high, but I'm not even hesitating taking him here. You're not alone. Yeah, I want to agree with you, Mitch. Uh, I don't know who those people are you're you're referencing, but I even think we went back to the last episode of Dynasty Theory, and I think, you know, I remember speaking well of Watson. I kind of had him in that George Pickens tier. And boy, you land at Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers at pick 34. That's a beautiful spot for, you know, hey, we look pre-draft. We have our guys. You know, we're evaluating talent. We, we like certain guys. If we like certain guys and they go to someplace good, that's a winning combination. So Watson's definitely cemented himself in this, this category, this area. Wasn't going to be who I was going to take. But if you took my guy, Mitch, I okay. would have taken Watson. So I don't know if you want me to segue in, JB. You look like you had another point there on Watson. Yeah. Mitch and I, we co-manage a few teams. And we just picked Christian Watson at 110. I didn't want to make, I didn't want the pick. I, I, I Team player. Team but, player. But that's being a team player because, again, the last few years, I've steamrolled Mitch a few times because, quite frankly, he's just like, sometimes he's like, do whatever you want. You're going to do it anyway. Pretty much. I think that's a direct quote, but I wanted to give this pick to you. I get, <laughs> oh, there's some history here that we aren't really mentioning. Before we actually made the pick, John kept trying to trade out, and the person we we're getting traded with said, "No, I don't want to do it anymore." And then so John said, "Okay, you know what? I think we're going to have pick Watson here." And I was like, "Okay." 
I said, I think we're going to have to pick. Left that trade talk out of there. I like that. <laughs> but for me, Watson would be down to 112 at the highest, at the highest. Wow, but again, okay. that's me being a team player because I see. That's, that's how I am. So now, Dan, <laughs> that's segue. how I describe you. <laughs> that, that team player, Johnny, Johnny, the team player. Dan, 110, who do you got? Uh, Watson went 111 in our Discord mock, by the way. So here, here we go to, to 110. Again, Mitch took the Watson decision off of my hands. There's still some talented receivers here. But this pick to me is similar I'll, to my Kenny Pickett. Pick. I bet you know, I know who it is. We are in a lot of leagues, even a 12-team league, but we are in a lot of leagues that are 14-team, 16-team. So to me, when I took Pickett at 104, I know teams need quarterbacks. It's, it's no different in running backs. And before that cliff drops for me, I love this landing spot. I know there's talent there. I watched the guy all year. All right. I had some concerns, but when you go to Buffalo in a, in a great organization like that, in an ideal situation where we know how Buffalo is with backs, give me James Cook, baby. At, at 110, I am very happy to get James Cook in my, in my running back mix. You know, when you go see a movie and you're super excited about it, and then the, the plot starts to play out, and you're like, oh my God, that was so obvious. Like, come on, the, the writing here is on the wall. It's horrendous. That was Dan with that James Cook pick. But. I have him in this tier too, so I can't talk too much. Mitch, you messaged me earlier, and you said I don't get the James Cook love across the board. I know. What's your issue? What's your concern? Was it pre-draft, post-draft? No. Where are you looking to take him? It's the player in the fit. Like James Cook is a great receiving back, right? That's what he came out as, and maybe he can run between. The, maybe he could do other stuff, but that was, you know, what everybody described him to be. Then he's going to go to Buffalo. It's not really the receiving backfield I'm looking for for a player like that. And I was always hesitant on the Buffalo backfield. I don't, if Brees Hall went to that Buffalo backfield, I was worried about it. I talked about it many times. Because I think Singletary is still going to see the field. Not a lot. I mean, Cook is definitely going to get more work than him probably. But they don't love using running backs in that offense anyways. So while everyone's like, yeah, we're going to use a first-round pick on a running back. This reminds me of every single late-round, you know, late-first-round rookie running back that ends up creeping up, and it happens almost every year, and those running backs just aren't aren't that great. I got, I got to challenge him here, JB. Where I think it's different, Mitch, is there's pedigree there. This guy could take it to the oh, house at any point. Now, wait, let me finish. I think Buffalo has been trying to find this guy. They've been trying to find a run back. You remember mm -hmm. when Matt Breida had like a little tiny splash? And we all knew, hey, let's get Matt Breida and let's trade him, okay? Because he's got a track record. But what were they saying when Breida was kind of giving him a little spark? Oh, he gives us some juice we didn't have. He does a little bit of this. But this guy's better than Matt Breida. Like, I mean, he could take it to the house anytime, but could do more things than Matt Breida. So I think Buffalo's looking for this back to help them out and <laughs> – the talent so, is there, man. Oh, Dalvin right. Cook's family is go, is going to rise in Buffalo. Is Cook's biggest thing is he's better than Matt Breida? Because I sure hope so for spending a first round rookie pick on him. Well, I'm saying Buffalo's looking for some help in the running back backfield. They haven't sure. been able to find it. They're trying so hard. They're Without giving guys like Matt Breida an audition. Zach mm -hmm. Moss didn't work out. Singletary keeps getting a, you know an extra chance, and and he earned it last year. Singletary came in in, in great shape and, and played solid, but. There's so many points to be had in that Buffalo offense that just keeps getting better every year. You know, hey, he, the, the worry uh, that we had before, Mitch, to your point, was how many carries he's going to get. Yes, we know he's not going to be a bell cow, but hey, if you can give me 15 
touches, 15 to 20 touches, have some of them be receptions and PPR and know that he could take one to the house, two to the house. Um, he's going to be a contributor. In if he does teams. that, I'm in too. I'm just I, saying, if he gets that many, I'm completely in as well. We're working through, we did our preliminary projections, and I know who we're, I know we're talking to Dan LaMagna, the, the 2021 champion of the, <laughs> the uh, fantasy, was it fantasy, fantasy nation? nation, baby? I, I know, I know, but I would be shocked year one if he averages more than 10, 10 and 12 touches a game. Shocked. Now, here's my thing with James Cook. Nice receiving profile. There are some concerns in terms of the way he was used, but that's one of the selling points. We talk about running backs going to Georgia, right? You're not going to be worked into the ground. Okay. Uh, Buffalo showed their hand trying to sign McKissick. Chris says in the chat, mm -hmm. absolutely. So we kind of had that idea, but looking back at last year, we talked about Zach Moss, them trying him out over the last couple of seasons. Nothing really uh, progressed there, but Singletary looked damn good the last four or five weeks of the season and getting a lot of usage. He is a free agent after 2022. What do they do there? The way that that organization, had, like they've been a very smart organization yep. and they haven't been in a situation over the last four years to have to extend the running back to a second contract. Do they do it? Or do they just start churning through these guys? And then that's where if James Cook gets, let's say he can average 10 fantasy points a game in 2022, and then Singletary's out the door in 23, and they don't bring anybody else in. They ride it with Zach Moss, uh, the Duke. Nobody's talking about Duke Johnson. If he, you know, if he's still there, and then James Cook, I think his value it it does rise a little bit. But that that's saying if they don't add somebody else via the NFL draft or free agency. So there's a lot of ifs and and st uh, steps along the way. But I kind of just think he's that default running back three. In a, in a decent overall uh, situation looking for, you know, the, the grand scheme of things, Buffalo stable organization. But like Mick said, there is that concern. Uh, but this is still probably the range I would take him. And I have taken him in a few drafts. And I know Mitch disagrees. And surprise, surprise, that's the theme of the show. <laughs> All right. I, I, I can't say it's JB. a... I can't say it's a reach and this upsets me because I do like the other guy here. I mean, Mitch, you're, you have my tears right in front of you. I'm sure. So, you nope, know, I have mine. I have, haven't looked at yours since I, you know, we talked about him this morning and then, you know, we didn't talk to the rest of the day, but you know, what so I, I was, it was a crazy day and I was not thrilled with it. So one Oh nine in the discord mock, this gentleman went, I took him at two eleven in our pre NFL draft mock and I said it was the steal of the draft. Now I got to go up into the first form. Give me Sky more. I had him in the 201 to 205 tier pre-draft. So this is one because of what happened with the quarterbacks. And then several running backs I thought might have squeaked into the third. They didn't. As a result, by default, Sky more jumps up. He went from my wide receiver seven to wide receiver six. But you can't hope for a better situation. They have Juju on the one-year deal. They have... Uh, MVS, and then you know, I, I know what Hardman's still there. Like, the opportunity is there. I mm -hmm. think Kelsey and Juju will control the middle of field and, and close to the line of scrimmage. And hopefully, Sky Moore can provide a little bit of a boost there for that offense. They need another target. 
I think this is an exciting spot. I, I know it's an exciting spot. And for me, Sky Moore, 111. I mean, even if he doesn't have a great season, think about like people were still spending a second on me, Cole Hardman yep. for like three years. Some of those people were Dan, but still <laughs> the, 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 and he is tied now to Patrick Mahomes without Tyree kill in aging Travis Kelsey, who I hope my teams play seven more years at an extremely high level, but sky Moore can provide that splash there. And he's been productive over the last few years. Yes. Not the highest competition, but I'm still really excited. And again, bumping up one spot in my wide receiver rankings. So 111, Sky Moore, uh, not necessarily a value here, I don't think. And I've seen people take him as high as 104. 104, don't do that. <laughs> but 111, I'm okay with yeah. him there if I can't get out of this pick. Completely agree with that one. Thank you. Yeah. All it's, right, so it, it's it's a tough decision, but Landon's spot I think cements it for you, you know. So I, I definitely see the case, JB. I have one quick question before, and I had it before, and I, I got sidetracked. You mentioned John that I think you said 108 was your okay. After 108, you're done and you're out, and that was kind of how I was before the NFL draft. But then a few of these guys kind of get a like the Christian Watsons, the James Cooks the sky moors and a couple of guys we're going to talk about. There's still potential here. So could you define what your out means? You know, are you just seeing yourself getting good value? So even though you might like a prospect, you'd rather move that pick. I think that's helpful. So for our listeners. I have and Absolutely. I have that tier break now between 111 and 112. And then that 112 going down to like the 205 range. So if I have 109, if I can move it for 112 plus 204, because of how this is shaking out, that's something I'm looking to do. Trading out has been nearly impossible. I haven't been able to get decent value anywhere. Like if I'm moving the 109 for a veteran, and then on the other hand, if I have a veteran, nobody wants him. The only opportunity is it seems like it's pivoting up or pivoting down that we have seen. So if I could do 112 or 201 plus 203 with the way this draft is, I mean, value-wise, I use air quotes there, it's probably a loss, but I'm okay adding two two guys there in that next tier as opposed to just going sky more. But then when we get to it later, it's when I would love to package up guys in that 206 to 304 range, package them up, get into the top 205. So uh, like that. love the top eight, trying to shimmy down a little bit there in the middle, uh, end of the first, beginning of the second, and then creep back up towards the end of the draft if possible. Is it always possible? No. So I'm still going to have a decent amount of the Sky Moors, the James Cooks, the uh, the guy that Mitch is going to take here at 112, I'm sure. You think so? David Bell? Yeah. And I have, oh, really? I, See, David Bell I was thought you guys were both going to disagree with David no. Bell there. But I do. Look, I know as a no. prospect. He doesn't come off as the best prospect as far as He's a fine prospect. Everything, right? But man, that landing spot with Watson, it looks so good. I mean, the rest of these guys I kind of have faith in, but for whatever reason, David Bell just to me, I don't want to miss out on him. There's certain guys to where I'll just get stuck on in rookie drafts and I'll end up with a really high roster ship percentage of him. And right now, David Bell is that guy because I'm taking him before everybody else is willing to. And I'm willing to get him there right after Watson and Moore off the board. That's who I'm taking over James Cook. 
the the 40 time the metrics at the combine that you know that spooked a lot of people and i thought he was gonna be a top 50 pick i thought he was gonna go in the second round of the nfl draft he didn't but still day two draft capital i'm still okay with it i've talked about that several times and i talk about my pre-draft scores these are all the second round wide receivers that hit the minimum thresholds that david bell hit okay Christian Kirk, Terrace Marshall, okay, Curtis Samuel, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton, Juju, DJ Shark, Elijah Moore, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown. In terms of hitting top 24 numbers, Terrace Marshall, probably never going to hit it. Elijah Moore hasn't hit it yet, but let's give him at least one more season. And the rest of that list, it looks pretty good. And then we see a significant drop after that. So David Bell, day two draft capital, nice landing spot to Sean Watson, see what that offense looks like. Hopefully they throw a little bit more, open it up. Uh, that him and Amari Cooper can thrive. But, I mean, there, there's there's issues and question marks with every player at this point. And that's exactly why. I'm going to reiterate for the thousandth time, I'm trying to get up to that 108 or higher. I want to. I want to. I have this throw up feeling in my mouth with David <laughs> Bell at 112, a wide receiver that runs just barely faster than JB and was picked 99th when you have some very talented receivers that were drafted a lot higher. I am talented receivers. The the, the spot is attractive. I'll give you that. You know, the kid's a good route runner in college. Will that translate to the NFL? We'll see. Um, Yeah. It's tough to get excited about that one for me. So, so who can we get excited for at the two Oh one time? Really quick. Torture Mitch. Really quick. That was so good. Sorry. Really quick. I know it was a great segue, but I've gotten David Bell as late as pick 23. Oh, I believe it. Like yeah. he, cause he, he's not sexy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not, you know, but he's going to be that reliable guy that, you know, he's going to open the car door for you. Every time you get in that car, he's going to pay for your movie ticket. He's going to be that guy. And that, that's the guy that we want to take home to meet our parents. I don't know about you, but that's David <laughs> Bell. All right. Damn it. Who's two Oh one. Uh, I gotta stop laughing at that one. That was a good one. Um, it wasn't even one of your corny ones. I mean, that was pretty cool, JB. All right, two on one. I hate this. This is this is one of those picks right now where if we have like an eight hour clock, I'd be milking every minute of it trying to trade back and get out of this pick because I am torn. There's two, three, four wide receivers that I like a lot, but I'm not necessarily crazy about some of the landing spots there's a quarterback there that i think still too early for you cats that at some point i might roll the dice on but you know what i'm gonna go with i'm gonna be a cowboy homer and i'm gonna pass up a talented guy because of that reason and i'm not gonna make the mistake i did in the pre-draft i took Mr. Cook, I'm going to stay on the Georgia train. I'm going to believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers who have a history of picking talented receivers. I'm going to stack them with Kenny Pickett. Give me my boy George Pickens, man. I'm going to roll the dice here on my boy George. Bet on talent, bet on organization, high ceiling. Yes, there is a lot of risk between injuries and maturity and all those things, but if Mike Tomlin's taking them, I'm going to roll with the Steelers again here. You know, that's one where if I'm in a rookie draft and I see that happen at 201, I'm like, all right. My guy's going to follow me. <laughs> hey, he went 202 like, in our pre-draft. I mean. It's true. Yeah. So, And he went 201 in the Discord mock as well earlier today that I keep mentioning. Thank you to everybody that participated in that.
But if there is a coach in the NFL that can handle it's a wide strange. receiver with some maturity concerns, it, it is Mike Tomlin. So I will give you that. And I think he he slipped in the draft a little bit because of those concerns. Um, but also, there, I can't see him making a year one splash. And again, you, I'm not saying you sure. need to go out and put up 300 fantasy points in year one. But I've talked about my concerns with Kenny Pickett. And I think they're really going to utilize the running game as much as they can. As much as they can. But also, you still have Deontay Johnson. You still have Chase Claypool. And hopefully, Pickens can grow up a little bit from the reports that we've heard. And he, he can't, I mean, I would love to see him really flourish in Pittsburgh. But there, there are concerns there. With that said, I could take him as early as 112. It's just, there's so many guys here. Sure, I could see it. And Pickens is in that range. Talent's there. He could be better than Claypool. You talk about the run game. He's a nasty blocker. I mean, he's got such talent at wide receiver. Again, it's just a bet on talent here. I'm going to go for the ceiling. That's fine. Who are you going with, JB? Who who, who are you going to just kind of, you know? All right. Pickens went 201, like I said, in the Discord. We got Pickens, Watson off the board, Bell, Cook, Sky Moore, everybody in my top eight, clearly. Oh, man. I think my guy's going to be there. There's one that I love here. I hate it. And we, and I say we, as a dynasty community, we have made this mistake countless times. How often we see a first round receiver slip because eh, I don't really love the landing spot, this, that, or the other. It happened with Brandon Ayuk, right? Like he was slipping in a lot of, a lot of rookie drafts when he was coming out. And it's those market inefficiencies we talk about. And I, don't love this gentleman by any means. I actually, I, I think he's more likely to bust than the other first round players. But again, that's why he's going in this range at 202. And you can sense that I'm not thrilled about it, but give me Johan Dotson first round draft capital going to Washington, him and Terry, uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, several weapons in that offense that if Carson Wentz can hopefully do something, if not, he's gone after after 2022 and if they don't win this year maybe ron rivera is going after 2022 and you bring a quarterback in the the new regime once and maybe they can open up that offense but still 202 i'll take the first round wide receiver but you can you can hear my voice i'm not happy i'm not happy i guess what go ahead it was a smart i think it was a smart pick yeah he is my 202 so it works out well for me but even what works out better for me is you left someone who I'm more than happy to take in the first round. I'm sure John's seen it. It's Alec, not Alex, Alec Pierce. Um, you know, Indiana, Indianapolis has looked for another wide receiver for a while. Um, T.Y. Hilton's been injured the last few years, and I think he's going to come in, and we know Matt Ryan could feed multiple receivers, tight ends. He could actually put a legit offense on the field. So even with Jonathan Taylor there, I think he can make Pierce at least fantasy relevant enough so that he gains value. Because I know right now everyone else has him a little bit lower. But for me, I'm more than happy to take him in the first round because I trust that offense. Alec Pierce in a good situation. 
Uh, you're like most of these picks here on out. You're not going to get too much argument from me. Right. And I know, I, I know that you know, the yeah, lack of conviction. <laughs> Would you say? I might with my next one. Yeah. But you know, the lack of conviction, I, I know it's not a screaming endorsement for any of these guys, but you know, that's the point where we are in this draft. And I know like there's a good chance that three, four, five of these guys that go in your second round draft and second round of the, the rookie drafts, they ultimately go on to produce a top 24 running back season, a top 24 wide receiver season. It very well could happen. It's just, it's not looking pretty right now. So Dan 204, let, let's get through these last uh, nine here rather quickly. Just quick comment on Mitch's Alec Pierce. I really like that pick that I would have been very happy taking him at 204. Uh, he was a receiver. I liked maybe didn't have enough conviction to put him in that second round of our pre-draft, but definitely talked him up. And then when an organization like the Colts takes him. I think there's a great opportunity for him. Hopefully he goes down a different path than Paris Campbell, but he was injured. Come on. That's that's why, that's why I kind of smirked when I said it. That's why, you know, I get it. Hey, we're wishing good things for Alec Pierce. 204. I just can't pass it any longer. I'm going to stick with my conviction from how I feel about him as a quarterback. And we talked about (sighs) this. There's no take lock and taking these guys first round and, and staying there. But at 204, when we're at that fringe spot, I love Malik Willis. Oh, I just think it, I, I think you're only going to keep that athlete off the field. Let, let him let him groom a year in Tennessee. I think there's a future for this kid in the NFL. I do. If Give teams me, thought that, happy. why would why would a team not have taken him in the second? Then that how many of these teams that needed a quarterback just kept saying no, no, I am not going to bet on a third round quarterback. That is not a profile. I'm going to endorse not at the 204 because he's a project. And I think this is a very deep offensive line, a very deep defensive draft, uh, deep, you know, very talented wide receiver draft to a certain extent where he got him. I think there's still potential there in Tennessee. The landing spot is good. Dan, let me ask you a question. Let me ask a question. And I talked about this in the chat and I, 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 I certainly believe it's true. If there was no pre-draft hype or conversations around Malik Willis going in the first, okay, let's say uh, he's he's a second or third round quarterback, you know, and he goes in the third, would you take him here? There's no pre-draft hype and he went in the third? Well, that's a different conversation, but I actually like the kid's film a bit. I like what he did at the combine. I like the kid's character. I like the kid's work ethic. Like, I think there's a talent there. And I think an organization's not going to put their stamp on a on a on a kid that is a little bit of a you know a developmental project that is going to take a little bit of time. But at that point where they got him, they I'm sure Tennessee's saying, "Hey, this kid has a shot. If he doesn't pan out at this point, it's okay." But man, quarterbacks are hard to come by, especially one with that much athleticism. Like I think he could have an opportunity in the NFL in the future. I, you're betting on a bad. You're, he would be a tremendous outlier. But like, who who, oh, who, okay. who who am I passing up at two oh four that I can't afford to roll the dice on Malik Willis? Plus, there's people that would trade for him too. So at two and two oh four, I could potentially easily move honestly, him this year or next year. And that's a very good point because as much as I am against Malik Willis, I don't think anyone should draft him this high. Other people are drafting him in the first round, so there is going to be a market for him, but. I just want to say this as far as Willis 
as a profile, I had a tweet go out a little while while ago (laughs) about player comps. And everybody is comping him to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the top 1% of what could possibly happen with that profile. More than likely, he won't even turn out to be Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, that's more than likely what could end up happening with him. There's also some, and that's a good point, but there are also some difference in the, the Philly is building that team differently where they're stockpiled with number one draft picks and options to get out of Hurts. Plus that mm-hmm. Philly market's not an easy market to be in as a quarterback. In Tennessee, it's a little bit quieter. And I think Tennessee may not have those outs in a couple years. But my biggest point is all I'm passing up on here is John Mechie, or Rashad White, or Isaiah Spiller, hey, or whoever, hey, hey, hey. whoever you oh, like. Ruin my picks. No whoever you, whoever you like. Like I am willing to take this kind of gamble at two hundred four in this year's draft. Next year's draft would be another story. As the offense is going to be deeper. This is the equivalent of going out. And if you would have done this with Kellen Mond, third round draft capital, while well, he's going behind Kirk Cousins, we don't know what they're going to do beyond this year. It would be the equivalent if you went out and got Will Greer at a premium. Just because you didn't believe in Cam Newton, Mason Rudolph. Now there was injuries there. So there was a cell window in the middle. CJ Bathard. What was Bathard going for whenever he was a starting quarterback in San Francisco? I don't care if you're a great athlete or not. The NFL, the, the, okay. Phenomenal athlete, whatever word you want to use, whatever adjective you want to throw out there. There very well could be a resell window on Malik Willis, but you, you are banking on the fact that you have a league mate that's either living under a freaking rock, all right, or they have the take lock because hey, I I had him at one hundred two, so I I, I love I wanted that first round draft capital though. Second, let's see where he goes. Third round, third. You talk about David Davis Bell. Mills went in the third round. He's got value. That is if you the believe in a talent. That is the exception rather than the rule. You you know why he saw the field. Because you have Deshaun Watson with off-the-field issues and refusing to play for the Texans, and he hated the owner. That is a, that is a, an extreme circumstance. And that now you, we get four, five quarterbacks coming in next year. Do you think that if they that they get away from Tannehill this year, it's because they're winning? No. They're, they're going down a horrific road, and they're going to replace both of them next year. Same with Desmond Ritter. Same with Matt Corral. And then the same with Sam Howell, who even went in the fifth round. But let's throw him in the second round while we're at it. Sam Howell is not Malik Willis. Malik Willis is Sam Howell, a special, Sam Howell, special athlete. Sam Howell is regarded as one of the top quarterbacks in the country. It was a project, athlete. too. I mean, who knows? But I'm not putting him in the second round. I'm saying Malik Willis has incredible fantasy upside as a running quarterback who landed in a situation that there is potential. And at 204, I'm willing to roll the dice and, and miss one of the, the next few guys. Earlier, JB, you deserve this rant, but at 204, there's nothing wrong with gambling. Maybe, maybe no. I have a little more risk tolerance than you did, and I could gamble a little bit at 204. I, 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 can't, pre, I, I can't put my stamp of approval on this. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to sleep tonight. This is conservative, John speaking. Conservative, John. Malik Willis at 204. I, I can't. Mitch, can, please. Come Has on. he not went there and said, earlier I, I and drafts were in? That, that that if I jump off a bridge, is that making it okay for eleven other managers in my league? Doesn't mean I can't good get good value and trade them. That's the, the, I think the honestly, right. you could end up getting that value back. As sad as I think that is, because I would never do it. 
there's people out there that will do it, whether we want to agree with the value or not. That's the value that's out there right now. So, and they're so going to put make... in some special package this year. He's going to score some scrambling touchdown. His, his stock's going to go up at some week during the season. I'm just telling there's not – the risk is tolerable at 204. You have people fading Trey Lance this offseason, already writing him off as a bust after he had packages thrown in. He's getting 20 carries a game whenever he fills in for – for Jimmy Garoppolo in relief, but now Jimmy, who everybody hates, and delay. Trey Lance, a better prospect than Malik delay a game, the delay a game first- flag. We're we're over an hour in the show right now. That's a delay a game, JB. I, I think right. you need to get to your pick at two hundred five because of uh, that penalty. Uh, th- this is two PPR for tight ends. Give me Trey McBride. Uh, you got to be patient with him if you're taking him there. Just I know Zach Ertz is there still. Obviously, I like Zach a lot. But be patient with Trey McBride. He's a hell of a, pro- hell of a prospect. And Frazzle John is out. I'm frazzled. All right, 206. <laughs> Mitch, rattle it off. So I'm I'm switching up here. I was going to go someone else. But seeing how this draft is going now, I want Damian Pierce. Because I don't think he's going to actually get back to me because I think Dan was going to take him next pick. Was, was my thoughts here with how much he's talking about running backs. But I think that's what happens with the running backs in the second round. Is you start thinking, oh, no. I'm not going to get one. I need to take one a little bit higher. And then you have three or four different managers do that. And that's how Damian Pierce ends up being the 206 in a dynasty draft when he really should be closer to the back end of the second at the soonest. But I think this is where we're going to end up seeing him more often than not once ADP starts in pretty good. Investing in a fourth round wide receiver or running back here. I don't even know what positions these guys are playing anymore. I, something I can't get on board with, but I'm looking at the clock. We'll, we'll talk about this another day. Dan, 207. 207 I swear to God, up. if you go quarterback again. <laughs> I'm done at quarterback now. I'm a happy camper, man. I got the, the most solid pick in the draft, and I got the high, uh, high ceiling guy if you have an opportunity in the future. But give me John Meshi here, man. Very talented receiver. Great draft capital. Good, you know, Very solid landing spot at 207. Uh, I'm feeling very confident in that pick. I'm actually fine with him there. Um, he went again. That's who I was going to pick, to be honest. <laughs> with how other position players in the quarterback shifted around, he bumped up a decent amount of spots and up two in my wide receiver ranking specifically. I'm sitting here at 208. I know it's not a great landing spot. And I know he's a 23-year-old running back. They get the third round draft capital, Tampa Bay, Keyshawn Vaughn flashbacks. But I'll... Uh, <laughs> I'll go I'll go Rashad White here at 208. It's at least you could do after you insulted him in the past there, True. you know. He was on the show, so I won't bash it too much. <laughs> Wait, I, I told him I was like six picks away from where I said he was gonna be drafted. I forgot to follow up with that. Were you that close? I was about six picks away. I said he was going to Kansas City at like 96, and he goes to Tampa at the end of the third. Anyway, maybe he'll come back now. Be like that John was guy that? was wise. Maybe he'll come back now. He'd be like that John Bauer guy was actually pretty close. Yeah, interesting. Close. I'm doing what John did. You know, he was grabbing all the quarterbacks in the pre-draft one. I'm grabbing all these running backs because I'm like, look, give me Tyler Algier, 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 whatever, running back for Atlanta Falcons. The Monday after the draft, they cut Mike Davis. At this point in the draft, look, I don't love the third. I'll be honest. The third and fourth round. Normally, I pick a couple players that I want to hammer home in the third and fourth rounds. I can't do that because I don't like any of them this year. So 
And that's why I've been grabbing Algier more in the second than I have in the third. But this is actually, I've been seeing go a lot between 210 and 212. And I think he's just going to slowly creep up over the next week or so. Can I say for Damian Pierce and, and Tyler Algier, if that sell window presents itself in 2022, mm-hmm. cash out. Exactly. Do what? No, no, that, that wasn't, that wasn't me saying it to you. It was me saying it to the, yeah. the dynasty theory universe 100%. here. All right, Dan, 210. Along the lines of all these running backs, hey, someone's going to hit this year. We know that. Um, I, I was high on him pre-draft. I'm still high on him. You know, it didn't go maybe as high as I would have liked in this draft, but I'm sticking with Isaiah Spiller, man. You know, I think Sand- I think Los Angeles, sorry, is looking for a number two running back still. I think Eckler could get dinged at some point. Hey, let him continue to grow with a very explosive offense. Very happy with Isaiah Spiller at 210. I like him a lot in that spot. I'd be willing to take him at 206. Again, I know it's that that – the, the uh, as I just say about Damian Pierce at 206, don't invest in a day three. <laughs> this is back. different. I like Spiller before. <laughs> but how often have they tried to incorporate a second running back and it just hasn't gone their way because Kelly, awful, Roundtree, awful, Jackson, eh. But yeah, maybe it is the, maybe it is the uh, the pre draft hype that I had talking. All right. Mitch, who am I going to take? It's going to make you sick. You're going to throw your keyboard. I have no idea who you're going to take here, to be honest with you. I have a third round Dallas wide receiver behind me in Michael Gallup. And I have a third round Dallas wide receiver in front of me in Jalen Tolbert. Day two draft capital. Nice landing spot. High powered offense. 600 600 plus pass attempts every year. Give me Jalen Tolbert. Michael Gallup. Probably not going to be 100% here to start the season, competing with targets with Dalton Schultz and C.D. Lamb. But Tolbert could have an impact there on that offense, the same offense that Cedric Wilson had an impact on. And Jalen Tolbert's a better profile and better player than him. So who's the real Cowboys fan here? Is it me? (laughs) Touche, touche. You guys left so many players now that I want to take it to 12. Like, there's four guys I want to pick, but give give us all four, but rank so, them. I want to take Wandell Robinson. He's going to be my one here. Okay. I don't hate the quarterbacks here. So if I see someone take Desmond Ritter at the last pick in the second round, I'm not going to even blink about it because I could live with Willis here too, honestly. Right. And then I, <laughs> I like Brian Robinson and I really like Zamir White. Zamir White's just the guy to where if he could stay healthy for a year in that offense, I'm loving him for 2023. So those are the ones I'm going with. I'm going to go with Wandell, and it kind of matches up with what I did pre-draft too. So that might be a reason why. And are there any guys left on your board in the top 24 that you would consider here just for listeners if they're looking at that 212 spot? Roll the dice kind of guys again. I mean, hey, we we Mitch mentioned Desmond Ritter. I, I'd put maybe Matt Corral and a Brett there in that Carolina situation. Mm-hmm. Um Pierre Strong was my sleeper, another running back, but still, this might be a little bit too early. Most of my guys are really third round at this point, JB. So I'd say Matt Crow would be the only one maybe left off. All right, the guys that I would look at, two uh, PPR, Greg Dulcich there in Denver. Um, we liked him pre-draft, still like him. Uh, I also, in that 209 to 304 tier, I have Damian Pierce, Brian Robinson, Corral Ritter, if you want to take him beginning of the third, fine. Mm-hmm. Tyler Algier, which we talked about. Taekwon Thornton 
He's my wide receiver 14. Like he was wide receiver 13 for me pre-draft. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver 14 stayed pretty flat. Not the sexiest of, of landing spots, but second round draft capital. We'll see what we can do there. So Dulcich and Tyquan Thornton are my two guys uh, there that could round out 212 potentially. So a lot, a lot of names, a, a lot of, a lot of movement, a lot of changes to round it out from our Discord. Dotson went one twelve, Pickens two hundred one, Bell two hundred two, McBride two hundred three, two PPR, Rashad White, Mechie, Alec Pierce, Spiller two hundred seven, Malik at two hundred eight. I did not vote on any of these polls. I will say that Damian Pierce two hundred nine, Tolbert two ten, Ritter two eleven, Wandell Robinson two twelve. So not too much variance, but a few guys that were off just a little bit. Final thoughts. It's Dan's bedtime. A little longer episode tonight, but listen, I am still so jacked from our our, our watch party. Like that was a freaking blast. So Dan, what, what do you got for our listeners? Final thought. Final thoughts. You know, I like putting the puzzle together of, you know, we, we talk rankings, looking ahead to next year. Uh, 4 p.m. today was the unrestricted free agents where they could sign with a team without accounting against the compensatory draft pick formula. So there's still some talented guys out there. You know, the T.Y. Hilton's, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry's, Beckham's. You know, there's some guys out there that I'm going to watch to see where they land and see how that kind of plays in. Nothing earth shattering, but, you know, some guys that may come to relevance a little bit or bump somebody's reps, you know, maybe impact your guys' projections. So we'll definitely keep a, a close eye on that as we go and continue to evolve our rankings. I can't believe Landry's still sitting out there, honestly. You know, not talking about yep. uh, high draft capital in terms of upcoming rookie drafts or anything like that uh, or value that we'd be looking to move, but that's a good call. I, I think that would be – I'm interested to see where he goes out of the, I think, entire group of remaining free agents. Mitch, episode 157, what do you got for our listeners? A little bit of a soapbox, but – You'll hear us getting on each other back and forth about these draft picks and stuff, but it's because we honestly believe in what we're saying. Um, This is hot take time on Twitter to where you will see the, honestly, they're just dumb. There's no other way to describe it, but there's like really stupid takes out there that a lot of people say. And I think like if you're a content creator, whatever you want to call yourself, if you're actively costing people money just so you get likes on Twitter, I think it's almost pathetic. But that's all I really had to say. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. Jesus, Dan, what does Mitch say about us when we're not around? Holy (laughs) cow. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in, especially everybody that was in the live chat tonight. Really fun episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the mock draft here post-NFL draft and helps get you ready for your rookie drafts here coming up. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Have a great night.